your time with us. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you currently do and what you're up to at the moment? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm an actor slash performer, whichever one you want to choose. Um, and I have been doing that for, well, for years. I guess sort of professionally you can sort of say I graduated from East 15 in 2013. Seven years ago. Wow, that's long, isn't it? That's a long time ago. Yeah, that's always depressing when you realise that that late. But um, yeah, so I graduated from there. I've done sort of bits and bobs, you know how it is, you know, on and off. Um, and then sort of more recently, I've been wanting to get behind the camera and to do some some bits like that. I really love filmmaking and, and writing the scripts and sort of having that whole process of watching something from the very beginning until the end. You know, I think I like that having the control aspect of it rather than just sitting around as an actor waiting for somebody else to do that for you. Um, I sort of digressed a little bit. That's not just all about me. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's, yeah, actor, performer, script writer. I don't, yeah, just endless. The list is endless of my <laughs> many talents. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we have to have our finger in so many pies as performers, you know, and trying Definitely. to balance it all and uh, make a career out of what you can um so yeah you've got to have these side hustles and everything else and then your focus kind of changes so no i completely understand um mm. so if we start as you as a performer um yeah. you've done quite a lot within the industry you've had so many professional contracts so what have been your favorite contracts and why um I don't know, right, so I don't know if it's probably one of my favourites, but the first one I ever got was, I think I got cast while I was still at East 15, or maybe just after graduation, but um, I'll always remember it, and it, I think it's going to stick with me, and certainly my mates for the rest of my life anyway. Um, it was Peppa Pig, the musical, um, which was... I love that. I'm sure you can imagine. Great fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for 14 months though, which is a long time. That is a long time to pepper pig it out, but I like it. It is, it is, it is. And I was I was actually in Vegas when I got the email. That sounds so glam, didn't it? I was in Vegas, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, living it up. Um, but I, yeah, I, I went to the audition and um, you know how it is. I, I didn't particularly want the job. It wasn't like my, you know, top of my list. You know, when you leave drama school, you don't think, oh, pepper pig, that's, that's the goal to aim for. Um, but as it always is, the, the jobs that you don't really care that much about, nailed the audition and I got the job and I was like, of course, of course that's happened. Um, but that was that was great because it was 14 months, it was, you know, it was well paid. Straight after drama school, you can't really complain about that. And some of the venues that we did, we did like the West End, um, Liverpool, Manchester, Belfast, all these amazing venues that I think unless you're in a show like Peppa Pig or something like that, you'd struggle to ever fill those venues. 
And I remember the director saying to us, you need to enjoy this because you won't have two and a half thousand people like screaming again for a long time. So, so that was good. That was good fun. Um, as well as that, um, it's not sort of particularly a, a contract, but I did, um, I'm in a, a band called Frank in the Boss Boys. And um, we were resident band at the Old Vic, which was, that was great fun. Um, again, I don't think I sort of fully appreciated it at, at the time because it was quite a few years ago. And I think you sort of, that, that feeling of you always want to sort of progress. I don't think in the moment you quite understand how, how good it is because you're always thinking something else. But yeah, that, that was great fun. And then more recently, I've just finished some stints on cruise ships. Amazing. Um, doing, yeah, doing a sort of four-piece vocal harmony group called the Flyboys. Um, again, that was great fun. I mean, it's, it's not a job. It's just a, a holiday. It was just a year holiday. So I come back and I'd be like, oh, I'm so tired. People would say, shut up. Sat in the jacuzzi all day. I'm like, yeah, that, that is true. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're sort of some of the highlight ones. Um, and then, yeah, sort of TV-wise, it's mainly been sort of commercials and everything. I, I did uh, one recently for uh, Pets at Home. So I had a little dog just with me all day. So that was quite fun. Yeah, that sounds like a really nice day in the studio, to be fair. I'd be pretty happy yeah, if they gave me a dog to hold. It was day. nice, it was nice, but I'm not very good with dogs. I'm a bit rubbish with them. I'm a bit like, it's a bit like babies, I don't know what to say. <laughs> you, know, so, you, know, you know, some people are really good with like, oh, hello, G -g -g -g. I, I don't do any of that. I'm just like, hello, how you doing? Um, and so there, it was quite intimidating when everybody sort of said, oh, go and meet the dog. And I was like, what do, what do you mean, meet the dog? <laughs> He's the star of the show as well, so you've got it. Oh, they really are. I don't know if you've ever worked with animals, but it had four agents with it on the day. Madness. Four agents for Madness. a dog? That yeah. is... And it was going, oh... He's, he's too tired, he needs a wee. And I was there like, I need a wee. Why can't I? <laughs> you know. That is the life of an actor, unfortunately. Pets do often get is, the priority on set. They do. So, yeah, any, any advice to actors, just dress up as a dog and um, you'll get treated a lot better. There you are, guys. The goss. That's how there you, you need to... If there's to... one thing you take away from this podcast, let it be that. Yeah, you've got to go away and dress up as a dog. That is what we would like you to take away from this. 100%. Um, so obviously you graduated and then went straight into a show that's such a big achievement and I think you know in this industry people always have this vision of when I graduate I'm going to go off and do this and it is so hard because this industry is about more who you know than what you know and we're doing our best to change that every step of the way but it's always getting your foot in the door for your first job and then booking your second and after that it kind of progresses okay like you've kind of got the connections in there you know how to get yourself the work but how did it feel knowing that you were coming out of college and you'd got that security compared to maybe some of the other graduates who you could see maybe were slightly more concerned yeah I mean that was I think that's why I look back at it sort of so fondly because and, and I can't regret it because it, it I had to take that job like I think a lot of people could say and some parts of me do agree that it was it might not have been the right thing to do because i was i was basically out of the industry then for you know over a year doing something that i didn't really want to progress in like the opportunities that came from that were more sort of kids theater stuff and everything which i sort of said to my agent i i don't want to do that so after i finished pepper it was like 
okay, all of those doors that I've opened are ones that I don't really want to do. And now I'm going back into an industry that I've not been in really for a year. So that was quite difficult. But in terms of, like you say, coming out of drama school and having that stability is so rare and such a big job as well. You know, some people get sort of TIE stuff or they might, you know, they'll go to Edinburgh and spend their own money and everything. But I was like, yeah. So it was... it was good for that reason, um, and like you say, a lot of a lot of the other people that I sort of graduated with, I think they, you know, not 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 jealous, but it's it's that sort of, it's a struggle, isn't it, when you graduate and you don't know what you're doing, and then you see somebody else go off and do something, but um, it's just the the nature of it, really. And then since then, I've not I've not done as much, and other people have done more, so it's it's just how it is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's fabulous that you got that opportunity and you were able to go off and start performing and doing what you love and getting paid to do it, um, which is fabulous. Absolutely. So a massive well done to you. Um, So would you say that obviously you just talked then about it was quite challenging to get your foot back in the industry because you felt like you'd been out of it for so long. Is that one of the biggest challenges you've faced or has there been other things that you think were a real are a real struggle in this industry if you don't know about it. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, half of the problem was that I lost a lot of weight when I was doing Peppa Pig. So when I when I fin- when I was at drama school, I was happy to be the bigger sort of comedic. You know, I, I was definitely like the, the sort of James Corden of the year. Do you know what I mean? And I, I was happy to do that. Other people were doing these sort of silly diets and everything that they wanted to lose weight, and I was just there having a sausage sandwich every day, just like, bring it on. <laughs> um, so so I, I really, I, I didn't care about that. And I think that's maybe why I got um, some attention as well at Showcase with agents and everything, because it's it's probably a bit rarer to see someone like that at drama school who's just happy to be that person. Um, but then with, with Peppa Pig and performing so much, and I, I've not mentioned it yet, but I was dressed as a potato, really, for most of the time, um, which again, is, is something that my mates tend to not let me forget. Um, but so yeah, being under those lights in like a big potato suit, I just sort of sweated off all this weight. Um, so not only did I come out at the end of it with um, not wanting to do kids theatre, but I turned up at my agent's door and she was like, you're just a different person. Like you, you're completely different. So you need to go get new headshots. You need to do this. You need to like, I don't think I turned I don't think I arrived back at her office the same person that she signed, basically. Mm. And I think that was an even bigger struggle then because it was, have I just wasted these three years of training where I've been getting used to be this person and and marketing myself as this, and now I'm not that anymore. I'm not the sort of really chubby funster. You know, they'll they'll get someone else for that. I'm sort of this middle ground, skinnier guy. So that, that was a struggle, and I think it took me quite a bit of time to get used to that. Um, but in terms of other things, like you say, it's, it's all about who you know, isn't it? It's all about who you know. As much as we like to think that it's not, I mean, it, it just it just is. Yeah, um, that's what the, one of the, the reasons why we've, we've set up the, our free resource and the podcast is to try and make it that little bit easier to 
kind of help people break in from a younger age and they don't have to wait and try and get these connections we're trying to open up that barrier so we are trying to make it who more about what you know than who you know but like I say as much as you can you've got to be connecting you've got to be networking with other performers at the auditions you've got to talk to people and you've just got to be so kind to everyone and lovely and respectful because um, you never know who people knows and it's a small old industry Exactly, I think, and, and doing things like this podcast, and it's sort of one of the reasons why I started the filming stuff in the first place anyway, is because if, if everybody knows each other, then it's not about who you know, because everybody knows each other, so then it is what you know, you know, like, so I, I just, certainly on, on things like Twitter and Instagram, I've noticed a lot of, you know, the same people sort of popping up, and everybody does know each other, and they're tagging each other in these things, and it's, it is really nice to see. Because I think it, you know, hopefully we can sort of gradually get rid of that elitist group of people who know each other, who just always, you know, handpick the same people for projects. Um, but obviously, with everything that's going on, that's sort of taken a bit of a, a backseat. But um, yeah, I, th I think that's the way forward. Just sort of really helping each other out, not having that selfish goal of just pursuing your own thing. Because if you help somebody else out, the likelihood is they will help you out at some point as well they'll remember that like anybody who's ever done anything for me I, I do remember it you do so it's it's definitely worth worth doing that I think if you can yeah and I think it goes the other way as well if you are late and if you are unpunctual and if you are disrespectful people remember and they talk so if you're going out into the industry you need to make sure you are always being the best version of yourself and even if you know maybe you don't get along as well with the cast or the crew or the directors or anyone you just need to remember where you want to go and if you want to keep doing what you're doing you have to be respectful in the way that you deal with things definitely definitely i think that's one thing that i'm sure most most drama schools do it but east 15 definitely um trained us so vigorously in that you know timekeeping and missing classes and how you should respect the director even if you disagree completely with their view of it you know they're, they're really you know so being on sets and everything like that if you you know I, I think especially for me being on the other side of it now being behind the camera it's so I don't want to say frustrating because I understand it from the actor's point of view because I've been there but when when you're sort of trying to do something and then they say oh but I, I don't I don't think my character would do that and it's like I know, but I don't. I don't really care. You know, it's yeah. so. It's, do you know what I mean? I think filming is such a specific thing, and it is different to theatre. I think you can you can do stuff like that in theatre and say, okay, well, let's work something out. But in film, because it is so set and technical, if something looks good on camera and it reads, I don't really care what you're feeling. You know, if if the actor isn't feeling it, I, I'd much rather they're not feeling it and the audience feel it rather than the actor feels it and we don't understand what's going on. So it's it's just sort of being aware of, of your surroundings and who you're working with and just making sure that you're not being irritating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you've got to be tactful in the way you approach things. And I remember watching Samuel L. Jackson, actually, really random, in um, just on a TV show and he was doing an interview and he said, don't ever, ever say to people that you 
you don't feel it or your character wouldn't do that because they can find someone else who could do the character <laughs> like the way yeah, the directors exactly. want so you have to be really respectful and understand their vision as well as yours like you're not going to bond completely especially if you haven't worked with that director before but you've got to come with a level playing field definitely i think if you're the writer then it gives you more scope to do that because you've created the characters but like you say if you're if you're just an actor who's been brought in that character isn't yours your job is there to portray that character so if if, if i say okay this character now will turn and they say oh no no no, no I'm, I, I don't feel that and i'll say well it's your job to to do that that's you you need to figure out a way of making that character do that or, or understanding why your character would do that so it's yeah it's but i think that's sort of a plus of being on both sides of it is that i i do understand that so i tend not to get too you know irritated and you know arsy with them but um it's yeah i think being on both sides really does help you and you've learned so much as well being behind the camera watching other people that's what i've learned doing the show reels and everything for the last sort of four or five years you you learn as much by watching other people whether they're doing a really good job or they're sort of struggling you you learn just as much either way and, and it's it's yeah it's a really good learning tool actually for an actor amazing yeah so you've been in the industry like you said for seven years and your career has kind of evolved you've done performer work and now you're kind of in the creative element as well so how would you say your career has evolved in that time to lead you to where you are today um i think the main thing is just creating my own stuff and doing my own work which i've, I've always wanted to do but i've always had a reason not to do it i don't know whether it's i i, I tend to be quite busy I, i'm always doing something i hate not doing anything so you can imagine the last sort of couple of months have been like oh um but yeah so I, I think just sort of understanding that the best way to sort of keep proactive and keeping your mind ticking is is to make your own work rather than waiting for somebody else to do that for you so whether it's the filming stuff or or meeting up with people just to do a play read or whatever everything like that just keeps that part of your brain ticking over and it's it's so useful so i'd recommend that to anyone who, who's sort of even if it's a small thing like filming a monologue yourself and, and just working on it, it it just keeps that part of your brain working and it, it's really really helpful to watch yourself back and everything like that but in terms of my own career um i i think i'm at a bit of a stage now where i'll carry on acting you know, I'm with a really nice agency and they're lovely and everything and um, get me in the door for some bits. Um, but certainly the focus for me now is going to be in trying to do this um, DOP director stuff and, and videography and everything. Because I just, like I said earlier, that, that, that buzz of creating something from the very start and watching it evolve and casting people. And if, if I've written the script as well, watching sort of directing it with them filming it editing it and then having that buzz of going here it is everyone give it a watch it's it you can't really explain that it's so nice because especially working in tv as an actor you, you don't really get the buzz i don't think i've never really got it because there's so many sort of more technical things going on obviously theater you always you know you're constantly on the buzz but theater comes up for me very rarely audition wise and everything it's it's so so sort of sporadic and everything so yeah I, I just I can sort of see myself going down that route now I think more behind the camera because 
I just yeah I just enjoy it so much and it's still keeping that creative thing going I think it's more creative for me really than being an actor in front of the screen because I, I just don't get that that buzz from it yeah. yeah I think it's all almost about creating opportunities I try and say this as much as I possibly can but so much of this industry you've got to make things happen for yourself you're a self-employed performer you've got to make these things happen and if that means spending a month while you're out of work writing your own script or if that's what you want to do just absolutely do it and then cast it and find film directors and make sure you networking and create these opportunities for yourself I think that's a massive thing definitely and like you say, even if you you've got a couple of weeks off or you're you're, you're struggling to think of something, just write something and then send it, send it to people because the likelihood is they're going to want to do something as well. You know, we've all you know all of us in this industry, we've all got this slight thing where we just want to be doing something. So whether it's paid or low paid or not even paid at all, if somebody comes to you with a project that they like, they're gonna they're gonna put put priority on it overworking a, a rubbish job do you know what I mean they're, they're, they'll say okay well I am working but I'll come to yours after and we'll, we'll read through it and it's that excitement that I think everybody loves mm. um, and certainly for me anyway working with new people is is so it's so great and it opens so many different opportunities as well the amount of people that I've worked with on showreels and then I've sort of written a script and I've gone ah oh, that guy from two years ago would be perfect and then I get in touch and then we sort of become friends and then do you know what I mean and then and then we sort of start chatting and it's like oh my god yeah you've got the same sort of sense of humor let's write something so it's it really is a nice sort of community feel I think when you when you do start putting your work out there because I guarantee there will be somebody else who loves it and will want to join in yeah a hundred percent so what tips would you give to performers that are maybe wanting to start branching out to script writing or filmmaking or being more behind the scenes? What would your advice be to them? Um, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? I think I've heard um, Ricky Gervais saying it loads, but he just sort of says, write what you know. And it's so true. I'm, I'm not going to write about something that I don't, that I've not experienced because I think it will seem forced and it will seem fake. And you might have an idea. And, and also write something that you know is feasible to film like if if you've got a little camera that doesn't do much then write something that accommodates that don't write a big budget film you know i think if you're going to make your own your own stuff then really think about what it is that you've got what locations you've got everything like that and ad adapt your your sort of vision and script to that because if if you're writing a you know a period scene and then you've got to film it in Stratford with all the buses and cars going down. It's not going to work, is it? I've been there before, and I, I, I say to people, don't, don't, please don't do a period scene. It's not going to work in London. Um, so yeah, I, I just think keep an eye on that, but also don't put too much pressure on yourself as well when you're writing. I think I, I sort of struggle when I know that I have a a deadline. If somebody says to me, "I need you to write something by tomorrow," then it's it's quite hard because you might not be in that space in your head so it just you know don't put too much pressure if you sort of sit down to write something and nothing comes out fine come back to it when you've got an idea and the thing that i like to do is just on my phone just on my notes or something if i ever see a funny situation or anything like that i just sort of jot it down and then i come back to it and go oh yeah god yeah that'd be good that'd be a good little sketch or a good little scene so just just and, and and again it keeps that um, imagination and creativity going throughout your head throughout the day then if you're sort of constantly thinking of writing something then ev everything can be turned into a, a script 
or a scene, even the most boring things. So yeah, I'd say just write what you know. Um, don't try and be too ambitious with what you've got. Um, and just, yeah, always be open to watching real life and, and jotting things down. Yeah, I think it's so good to be inspired to want to create. If you're under that pressure and have got a limited time scale, it's always so much harder. Find things that you're actually passionate about and want to tell their story. I always find looking through newspapers is a great way. Like the headlines, some of these articles, they really inspire you to tell someone's story, whether it be a comedy sketch or the front page news. I don't know if you find that helpful, looking for media. Absolutely. I mean, I think some of those... Um some stories on you know the the rubbish papers and the, the magazines and everything you look at them and you go that can't be real that yeah. cannot be real she did not sleep with a ghost that's not true but it, somehow it is you know so it's the kind of thing where you think oh if, if you wrote that someone would say that's ridiculous but yeah you're right just have a look at um all those sort of things keep keep updated with what's relevant what's in the news everything like that because again certainly social media and everything like that is such a massive platform now as well i've i've certainly realized that doing the filming stuff i mean that's that's where i'm tending to get most of my work and everything you know um so and obviously how i got in touch with you and sort of all this stuff so it's you know you, you understand as well it's it's such a huge marketing tool um, yeah social so media is massive things, <laughs> it's yeah it's huge so just make make that sort of content nice and accessible and relevant um because I think, you know, our, the way that we are now, we need information straight away. We're not going to sit through a five-minute video. We need it in the, you know, first 20 seconds. If, if we're not engaged, we're done. I'm scrolling down. If I don't like it, oh, nah, can't be bothered. If I need to click on a link, no, nope, not doing it. So you need to think of all these things. You, you know, you might have a lovely website, but if it takes people three clicks to get there, they're not going to go. Um, I don't know how I got onto websites, but I, I, I digress. But, uh, <laughs> there we go. No, but it's super helpful because, like we say, media is evolving all the time and social media is becoming a wider and wider platform. And like you say, I've actually got all my jobs through social media. There isn't a single one that I've got through anything else. Um, social media has been fantastic. While it comes with its, you know, flaws um, and you have to be careful about the content that you're putting out because at the end of the day, if you don't want your boss to see it, don't put it out there. Um, because directors, one of the first things they will do if they're going to cast you is have a look at your social media. Um, so while it's a fantastic platform, you've also got to be very, very careful, haven't you? Definitely, definitely. And for me, anyway, I, I, I'm not using it as sort of personal stuff anymore. It's just purely the, the film and stuff and professional and everything. Because I was like, I just... I also think as well, it's, it's harder for actors on social media to get work. I don't know when you say you sort of got jobs and stuff, I don't know whether that's performing work or other sort of work, but certainly for me, when I was, and when I see people sort of um, promoting themselves as, as an actor, I always wonder how how that's going to help. Because I think if I was a director, I, I, I'm not going to go onto Instagram to look at your actor profile. Do you know what I mean? So I think sort of all that sort of actory stuff is it's great, but you will, you need to be proactive other ways as well. Get in touch with you. We can't just sort of write actor on your bio and hope that someone's going to see it and, and do all that stuff. Um, but for me, it's been so beneficial doing, you know, the, the videography and cinematography and everything, reaching out to actors and being able to say, here's my work, let's collaborate on something. And then all of a sudden you've got this nice connection. Um, so just be, yeah, like you say, careful with what you put out there, but make sure that it's accessible, relatable and 
up to date. Yeah, definitely. I think keeping things up to date is something we all could do a lot, lot more of, even if it's just photos and things. They're always going to want recent stuff, so you need to make sure what you're putting out there is really recent. It can't be a shot from five years ago. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's the classic sort of Tinder thing, isn't it? online dating you don't want to, you don't want to post up something and then someone says oh yeah yeah come in for this and then well I mean it's a bit like me and Peppa Pig isn't it if I posted up a photo of me and then cut, turned up and they said oh we were expecting James Corden who's this skinny guy that we've got um so yeah just yeah just make sure that you're always up to date and you have your headshots and everything like that um and just get in touch with fellow actors because you never know what they might be doing what they need I think it's it's always worth a shot so with aspiring performers, obviously we have quite a few listeners that are wanting to start a career in the arts. What would your best tip and advice be for aspiring performers? That's a tough one. Thank you. <laughs> I ask everyone um, that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> good. Tell me what their answers have been and I'll just sort of relay. <laughs> no. Um, I certainly when... I meet people who are, who are filming stuff or, or talking about how they want to market themselves. I always say, and this might not be the best advice, but this is how I, I view it. I think you should always be a version of, of yourself. I don't think you should try and cover everything because there's no point. There's enough people to do everything. If you're recording a voice reel or you're doing a show reel or something like that, and you sort of come to me and you say, oh, shall I do an American accent? And I'm like, can you do an American accent? And they say, yeah, it's, I think it's all right. Well, if, you, if it's all right, don't bother, they'll get an American in. You know, I think if, if, unless you can do something perfectly, don't do it, just stick to yourself. There's a reason, you're a person, so there's gonna be a, a character who's like you. There's gonna be someone who goes, oh yeah, that, I mean, most casting done now is, is on showreels and headshots and stuff anyway. Certainly for the foreseeable, I mean, that's gonna be the way it's done. So don't try and make yourself everything because, you know, it's not, there's no point. I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a waste of energy and money and everything, getting headshots for sort of every scenario, you know, looking really rough and then looking in a period scene and stuff. I think just sort of know what your look is talk to your agent, everything like that, and, and sort of focus on one direction, I would say. Um, as well as that, make, just keep him busy doing your own things, go to casting workshops, things like that. Again, you meet people, you you, you sort of talk to people. The, the casting directors do remember you as well. I've been cast from something from, from a, a workshop that I went to like a year and a half before. So they do remember you. So if, if you can sort of afford to do those, um, I, I'd, I'd recommend that. Um, and just don't wait for something. That's the main one. If, you're, if, you, if you find yourself just waiting, it's probably not gonna happen. Because if you're not putting yourself out there, no one's gonna just stumble across your spotlight or stumble across your Instagram, like we said earlier. You, you really need to be proactive and I know it's, it's daunting because certainly on Twitter and stuff, it's just so oversaturated and there's so many people doing these things and some of it comes across so false and you just think, oh, I'm not one of these people. And you don't need to be one of those people. You can be your own personality and your own self, but still put yourself out there. Like if somebody messages me and, and they're, they're, the way that they've spoken and the way that they've written is just really normal, 
compared to hey i love your work i think it's amazing blah, blah, blah. um then I, I you know you sort of go okay this person's just a normal guy who wants to be an actor fine great so don't feel as though you have to portray this personality that you see of actors because th there's enough of them and there's enough of everyone so just be yourself do what you want to do um and just keep busy and keep putting yourself out there because eventually you will meet someone who has the same vision as you but just don't wait around because you're just wasting time yeah that's fantastic advice so you didn't need to worry at all Thank that you. was fabulous Good. Good. um so very last thing you actually have a competition running at the minute i'm gonna put your um instagram handle in my show notes and i'm gonna do a post about you as well so people can find out but can you tell us a little bit about what it's about and how people can enter yeah of course so I mean, it sort of links to what we were saying about sort of being proactive and writing scripts and everything like that. And I think certainly, you know, with, with everything with COVID in the last few months, um, people have been struggling financially, um, everything like that. So people are in this sort of weird position where they don't have any money, but they need to get stuff done because everything's going to be casting on showreels and self-tapes and stuff like that. Um, and I think people are just desperate to be creative again. I think now that things are sort of loosening up a little bit, um, I'm back shooting things as well, you know, sort of socially distanced and everything like that, and it's it's all working very nicely. But I've got this competition, which is um, for actors, where if they they write a scene and they send it in to me, um, there's a video on my Instagram, like you say, so people can click on that and watch the video, and they'll sort of understand a bit more. Um, but if they send in the scripts to me, um, then I will read them, and then I will choose which one I think sort of suits how I'm wanting to film something that month or whatever or, or a script that just sort of really stands out and just like oh I really want to shoot that um, and then they'll get to film it completely free um, and I'm going to do that sort of every month because I think it will be really good and it's, it's it's sort of been up for three days I think three or four days and I've had so many scripts already so it's and some of them are just brilliant so yeah I mean if, if anyone listening does have a script that they want to write or that they've written whether it's for a short film or just a showreel scene that they want to do or anything like that, send it in and you might completely get it for free, which... That is a fantastic opportunity. That, yeah. And like you say, like everything's being done online at the minute. Obviously, auditions and things are restricted um, at the minute. So this is a massive, massive opportunity. So guys, if you haven't um, got anything filmed and you desperately want something filmed, send over your script, enter this competition. It's a fantastic opportunity. So I'd like to say a massive thank you to Ryan for joining us today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was my first ever podcast and what a, what a pleasure. So thank you oh. so much. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. You've been listening to Performer Talks and I've been your host, Beth Unwin.